Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The Technion Israel Institute of Technology is where some of Israel's brightest minds ask the biggest question of all. What if? What if they could take on the world's biggest challenges? What if they could develop life-changing environmental, scientific, health, medical, and technological discoveries that will make a huge impact on Israel and the planet? But they don't just ask the question, they answer it too. They turn those ideas into reality they make them happen. To see just some of the incredible things they've achieved, get the Technion Booklet of Wonders at ats.org wonders. We hope it inspires you to give them your support so they can keep doing what they do best. The American Technion Society. World-changing discoveries by Israel's brightest minds made possible by you. Hey listeners, it's Mishi. This week, we released our 50th wartime diary. Next week is Yom HaZikaron and Yom HaTzmaut. And as a way of marking this milestone, and these dates, Yochai Meital and I will have a series of onstage conversations in New York and Cleveland. We'll discuss the process of creating wartime diaries, talk about some of the challenges we've encountered, the dilemmas we've had, the insights we've gained, so if you want to hear what covering the evolving story of this war has been like for us, we'd love to see you at one of our events. All the details are on our site, israelstory.org. And meanwhile, wishing us all calm and peaceful days ahead. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hey guys, it's Mishi. Today is Yom HaZikaron the Israeli National Remembrance, or Memorial Day, for fallen soldiers and victims of terrorism. And obviously it's a very strange Yom HaZikaron this year. People have been instructed to stay home, so the typically packed military cemeteries all around the country are largely empty. The morning is more private this year, less collective. And with that, we wanted to bring you one of our favorite stories. The story of one fallen soldier, Tziki Eyal, and the bond that was created following his death. But before we replay the story, I just wanted to say that 
as many of you know, Israel decided to bunch its grief and its celebration together. To juxtapose Yom HaShoah and a week later Yom HaZikaron with Yom HaTzmaut, Independence Day, which follows immediately afterwards. Some people think that transition is too jarring, that it's schizophrenic. Others believe it's the most beautiful symbol of Israeliness. I've thought both of those things in my life, and sometimes I think them at the same time. But because, no matter how we feel about it, Yom Atzmaut will indeed start tonight, I wanted to remind you all to join us tomorrow, Wednesday, April 29th, for Israpalooza. We've been working around the clock to prepare a truly remarkable day-long virtual Independence Day extravaganza. Thousands and thousands of folks have already gotten their tickets, and you should too. We'll be hosting Itzhak Perlman, Nas Daly, Joe Nathan, Moshe Safdie, Amari Stademeyer, Lucy Arish, Nobel laureate Dan Schechtman, and Gil Schweid. We'll have short concerts by David Broza and Shannon Street, a cooking class with Chef Nir Mesika, a self-portrait workshop with artist Hanoch Piven, and many other surprises throughout the day. So, trust me, you won't want to miss out. Tickets are available at israpalooza.org. That's I-S-R-A-P-A-L-O-O-Z-A dot org. Alright, now that we've jumped ahead to Yom Ha'atzmaut, let's settle back into the solemnness of Yom HaZikaron with a story which we first aired in 2018 by my then-girlfriend, now-wife, Federica Sasso. This story begins at the Bubbles nightclub in Thailand. It's 2003, and Susie, who had just graduated college, was a member of the Peace Corps. And I was stationed up north, and we were in Chiang Mai, which was amazing. Because you get to eat mangoes all day and sit in the jungle and... I discovered post-army Israelis. It was very easy to spot them, Susie says. Curly-haired, sun-kissed, guys wearing only tie, like tank tops and tie pants. Always having a good time, super confident. So one night, she was at this club with a bunch of other Peace Corps volunteers. And it was like loud music. It was horrible. It was shitty drinks. It was gross and sweaty, but everyone went and partied until like three in the morning. And it was in that uber-romantic setting that Susie first laid her eyes on a skinny, handsome, and tan Israeli. Tiki and I just hit it off immediately. He asked what I was doing in Thailand, and I was like, well, I'm a teacher. And he's like, well, you don't look like a teacher. And I was like, well, you don't look very Jewish. So... And then we just started dancing or something. I don't know. I was just like, what does that mean? I don't look like a teacher. Did you kiss that night? I don't know. We're so conservative. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I don't know. We probably did something, right? We were like 23 and 22. A few days later, Susie got an email from Ziki. Saying like, I have to see you again. I'm going to come visit you. And I was like, this male is very forward, but he was really fun. So I invited him to my village and he showed up. And that was it. That's how I met Tsiki Ayal. Seemingly, oceans set them apart. 
Tsiki had been a tank commander in the IDF and was now in the middle of his big post-army trip. During that exact same time, Susie had been an undergrad at the University of Tulsa. He was Jewish. She was Christian. Well, I was baptized Lutheran because my dad requested that we were baptized Lutheran, but my mom is a devout Filipino Catholic, so we were raised in the Catholic Church. Susie basically knew nothing about Israel. Like, I just assumed it was this dusty old Middle Eastern country that no one would want to go visit. Whereas Tziki, on the other hand, was a big Zionist. He was very passionate about me knowing Israel, knowing Judaism. You know, when we spoke of our future together and what was possible, he was always very much like, yeah, but we have to go back to Israel. Israel needs people like us. That's right. It didn't take long before this Thailand fling turned serious, and they began talking about sharing a life together. There was a lot of chemistry. I think that's when you kind of know you met someone who was going to change your life forever because it was really this instant chemistry and this instant passion and this instant willing to, like, figure out how to make it work. And they did. Long distance. See, shortly after they met, Tsiki came back home to Israel and began studying management and behavioral sciences at Ben-Gurion University in the Negev. Here's his mom, Tirza. He was a very, very good student. And in the meantime, half a globe away, Susie kept on teaching English in her small Thai village. But their love for each other, it just grew stronger and stronger by the day. We kept like video diaries and then every seven days we would send and put on a CD-ROM. After a few months of this proto-vlogging, Susie came to visit Siki in Israel. He's like, you must see everywhere in Israel. He took your little car from Beersheba to Haifa, meeting all of his army friends, the Dead Sea, everywhere. Like, I had to do everything. I had to eat shawarma, I had to have falafel, I had to have bamba every day. He was like... This is what we're doing. Let me show you Israel, you know? I was like, all right. Susie had a great time in Israel, but even more so, she had a great time with Siki. He was like always thinking of like the next big thing, you know? He was like very happy, very in touch with his emotions. He was always happy to just hang out. He was really laid back. It was refreshing. Dirza and Moshe, Siki's parents, were surprisingly welcoming of this non-Jewish girl from Oklahoma. I know Tiki, if he picked uh, Susie, so everything is okay. Susie actually remembers a bit more pressure. Tirza turns to me when I first meet her, and she's like, family is everything. I was like, okay, I don't know what that means. Family is everything. Back in Oklahoma, Susie's family also had some adjusting to do. My father was a German-born older guy. He grew up in World War II Berlin. So I asked him, I was like, how do you feel about uh, me meeting an Israeli? And he's like, Susie, I don't care. Just bring me grandchildren. When I came to Israel to visit, my dad called and wanted to speak to Tiki. And Tiki, like, holds a phone away from him. And he's like, your father keeps trying to speak Yiddish to me, but I don't speak Yiddish. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, I guess my dad was like, you're Jewish. Doesn't everyone speak Yiddish? Soon after she returned to Thailand from her visit in Israel, Susie received a phone call from Oklahoma. They just said, like, you need to get on a plane. Your dad's had a heart attack. He died a few hours later. Then I went to Oklahoma. Me and my brother, like, cared for our mom that month and helped her sort things out. And Tziki, from faraway Israel, was Susie's rock. I just remember him talking about Moshe and saying that he could never imagine losing his father because his father meant so much to him. And, and I just remember being mad at him and telling him, like, well, at least you're the lucky one and you have your father. And he's like, I know, and I'm so sorry. And I think I even said in that conversation, like, how could you not know what it's like to lose anyone you're from Israel, you know? And he's like, I know, but I, I don't, and I'm sorry. I don't think I will ever forget that conversation. Susie eventually returned to Thailand, to the village, to her teaching. And Tsiki continued to be there for her, on Skype, over the phone, in letters. Passover break came in the middle of his second semester at university. But he didn't go visit Susie, and he didn't go home. Instead, he went to Miluim, reserve duty. I was uh, the one who took him to the bus, and he told me that it's not dangerous at all. And uh, we hugged, and uh, I was so calm. I was uh, so confident that he will come back. I didn't think at all that something like that can happen to him. I was so confident. I don't know why I was so confident. On April 25, 2005, two nights after the Passover Seder, Tziki was manning a checkpoint outside of Hebron. A Palestinian taxi driver stopped at the checkpoint and then accelerated, ramming into Tziki. He fell down, and when he came up, he, he took a bullet. Tsiki was killed on the spot by friendly fire from one of his teammates trying to stop the driver. Tirza and Moshe were vacationing in the north when they were notified. And uh, they told me that uh, Tsiki, that's what I... Uh, heard Tziki, and I told them, go away. I don't want to see you. Go away. And that's what I remember. I was at a Peace Corps conference in Bangkok. I think we were doing some team building stuff. I remember because, like, they asked a question, like, you know, what are the things that you think about the most every day? And I just wrote Tiki, and then I sat back down um, when we were at the hotel and I hadn't heard from Tsiki that day and then my phone rang and I answered it without even saying hello I was like there you are I've been waiting for you to call all day and then there was a pause on the other end and it was uh, Nadav Tiki's best friend he's like Susie 
you need to sit down. And I was like, what are you talking about? I need to sit down. And he's like, I don't even, I was like, Tiki's. All I know is that I threw the phone and I just fell to the ground, clawing at the walls, asking someone to help me. And I hid under the bathroom sink, like rocking myself. And then I was like, I gotta go. I gotta get on a plane. I gotta go. Susie didn't make it in time for Tsiki's funeral, but showed up at Tirza and Moshe's home in Maskeret Batya. I will never forget when I walk in to the Shiva house. You're on this couch here, you know? You start wailing. What a beautiful bride you would have been. It was so, so hard. And many people, how many people are doing? Yeah, I come and I lay on your lap and you just like stroke me. And it was like, and you don't even know what to do. Susie stayed for the entire Shiva. And when it was over, she couldn't bring herself to get back on a plane to Thailand. She couldn't leave Tirza and Moshe. And really, she couldn't leave Tsiki. When Tsiki died, like, I didn't think I would be able to function ever again. I didn't know what was going to happen to me. I actually assumed that I would die from grief. I didn't think I could survive. So, not really knowing what else to do, she stayed. I mean, I stayed in Mascarabatia because it was safe for me. And it was a very warm and loving place. The way Susie saw it, this was what she and Siki had always wanted. We had a plan for our life together which was to go to school, get married, live in Israel ultimately. And I figured that I would stick to that plan until I learned something different. I didn't know. I was like, this is a plan I had for my life. Do I go home or do I stay here? So she was uh, with us and... uh, I felt that I, I was responsible for her. And um, I asked her if uh, she really uh, wants to stay in Israel. And um, every time I asked her, she says, yes, I want to stay. Susie, the 24-year-old, half-German, half-Filipino Catholic from Tulsa, notified the Peace Corps that she wasn't coming back. And instead, she moved in with Tirza and Moshe. She lived with them for a whole year, sleeping in Siki's bedroom, eating dinners together, becoming family. I think grief attached us. Yeah, sure. Like, I mean, we were in despair for a long time together. It was too hard for us. Yeah, I mean, I think it's hard for us because in many ways I'm probably a symbol of what Tiki isn't, you know. I started Olpan, and I didn't know how to read or write. So Tirza sat with me at the table every night and taught me my Aleph Bet. But it didn't stop at learning Hebrew. Tsiki and Susie had talked about her converting to Judaism. And now, even though he was gone, Susie decided to go ahead with the plan. My entire life fell apart. Like, the man of my past died, the man of my future died. I was suspended in the middle of the universe. And Judaism 
creates a relationship with everything you do. Like from waking up in the morning to what you're eating to how to view the world. If you have a question about ethics, you can rebuild your world. In Judaism, Susie found some solace. Things fell into place for her. I guess I put it this way. Sometimes the universe opens up. And if you keep saying yes or why not, it leads you to places you can't imagine. Like, I think I've always been a religious person. Um, it's just that I never found growing up a religion that made sense to me. And then Judaism makes absolute sense. And it was very comfortable for me. Susie converted. She could have easily closed this painful chapter of her life and moved on. But instead, she chose to embrace Israel. It's a nation full of people who have learned to live with their grief and move forward. And it was the only place where I could heal the way I needed to heal. Tziki and Tirza's home became her home. Their land, her land. Their religion, her religion. But Tirza didn't want their calamity, their tragedy, to govern her life. Though she cherished Susie's company, Tirza started prodding her to move on, to live. Every time I uh, asked you to meet uh, people, to, to have a boyfriend, not to uh, remain uh, alone, no, I will stay with you. I told her, no, I don't want you to be with me. I want you to have a family. You have to to raise a family. She would be like in her bed after like hours of crying. <laughs> I need to speak to you. I need you to move on. And slowly, slowly, Susie did just that. At Ulpan, she met David, a new immigrant from London. They became friends and ultimately lovers. Three years after Tsiki was killed, Susie got married. Moshe, Tsiki's dad, walked her down the aisle. I remember the day I couldn't be very close because it was too hard for me. I cried in the corner, but afterwards, I think I was okay. You cried for two weeks before. But I think we didn't see that I cried during the wedding. Of course we did. I found a, a great partner and husband, and Tiki's definitely a presence in our life. You know, we have his photo next to the Shabbat candles next to my father. I know that David is very aware that his life, well, he never met Tiki. It was everything that he has is because of him. You know, we have a wonderful life now as well, you know, and I think it's a great gift that I'm still able to share that experience with the Yao family and they can partake in it. It's not perfect, but it's ours, you know. Susie and David have three children who call Tsiki's parents Saba Moshe and Safta Tirza. They visit them often and stay over for Shabbat at least once a month. We are so pleased that you raised a very good uh, uh, family. And uh, I am so pleased to see that uh, you educate very nice your children. Kirza said um, on Yom Hadzikoron this year, she's like, Susie, I'm so glad 
You married and had children. I'm very happy for you, really. Mothers-in-law and daughters-in-law often have complicated relationships. And that's not even exactly what Susie and Tirza are to each other. After all, Susie has a mother-in-law, David's mom. But there's something biblical about the bond between these two women sitting on the couch holding hands. It's raw and loving, painful and tragic and hopeful. It's unconventional, but I think that uh, it's our normal now, you know? It's just our lives. It's who we are, right? Like, it's unfortunate that life happens the way it does, but I think we learn to live alongside it and make the best of what we have. Do you want to add anything? Sometimes I, I feel like I'm not living in this world, you know? But it, I say to myself, I have to to live for for my family. I also need you guys a lot. Like I think you and Moshe are also my rock. I'm still living for you too. Federica Sasso. The original music in that piece is by Ari Wenig. Sela Weisblum did the mix. Thanks to Abby Nuschatz and of course to the Charles and Lynn Schusterman Family Foundation, who made this story possible. Amishi Harman and together with the rest of the Israel Story team, Yochai Meital, Zev Liva, Yoshi Fields, Joel Shupak, Skylar Inman, Abby Adler, Alex Lisagor, Sharon Rappaport, and Rotem Tzin, we can't wait to see you all at Israpalooza, our Yom Ha'atzma'ut day-long Zoom festival. Don't forget, it's tomorrow, April 29th, 2020, starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. Go to israpalooza.org to get your tickets. See you there, Shalom Shalom, and yalla bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.